0: I'm <whistles> sorry.
1: Hey everybody, this is Tim Josman. This is going to be a bonus episode of Friends Talking Nerdy here. Um, Kim and I uh, did our very best to uh, try and record a new episode this week, Um, but... Uh, with it being the holiday week with Thanksgiving and everything, we had a lot of plans going on, and ultimately, um, Kim had to go to work, uh, so we were not able to, uh, record a new episode, but that's fine, I mean, it, it is, uh, the holiday season and everything, but I did want to make sure that we had, uh, some new content out for you this week, so gonna be going solo here, um, apart from having my cat Phil, uh, s- s- you know, sleeping, uh, here next, well, not sleeping, he's, uh, currently cleaning himself, but, you know, he also likes to play with, uh, Kim's blanket here at times, so I'm trying to see if he'll play with that for a second. There we go. All right. Um. So what we're going to do in this bonus episode is talk a little bit about a movie that was just released this past week. Uh, one that I strongly encourage everybody to go see. A really, really good movie. Um. It's the new Tom Hanks movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Now, one thing to keep in mind about this is that it is not a Mister Rogers biopic, even though Mister Rogers is a character in the film. Mister Rogers is is a essentially a supporting character in the film, because um, the movie is based on an an article that was in Esquire magazine in 98, Um, well, the name of the writer was Tom Junod. Um, the article name was called Can You Say Hero? Um, the basic premise of the story, um, that Tom Junod is, they change his, his, they change his name to a fake name in, in the movie. Lloyd Vogel is the character name in the movie, but essentially, um, the premise is a uh, writer for Esquire magazine is, um, sent out on a story to interview Mr. Rogers for uh, a special spread that's going to be about heroes in Esquire magazine. Can you imagine that with the title? Um, And he's cynical. He doesn't think that, you know, there's going to be much to this story. He much prefers to be an investigative journalist and whatnot. But the more he interviews Mr. Rogers and the more Mr. Rogers does his best to try to befriend him. The more he realizes the impact that Mister Rogers has had throughout the years, um, the beauty of the film uh, starts with the very first frame. Because after the Sony logo, it it starts with the intro to Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. You get the the opening um, scenes of the neighborhood with the little uh, the small little miniature houses and whatnot. You get the very beautiful, familiar music playing. And then the camera pulls in on uh, the brown house that anybody who grew up watching PBS as a kid uh, will know and love. And then Tom Hanks enters as Mr. Rogers singing A Beautiful Day in this neighborhood. And my God, Tom Hanks is one of... He's he will go down when when Tom Hanks passes away, and I hope that's a very very long time ahead of us. He will go down as one of our great actors because the beauty of his performance in this film is not that he does an impression. no you don't hire Tom Hanks to do an impression. you can't get anybody else to do that, but what he was able to do is capture the essence of Mr. Rogers, and that's what's going to get the tears flowing, um, f- uh, you know, w- w- when, when you see this film, because it, it's, it's uncanny. Again, it's not an impression, but y- you could just feel Mr. Rogers alive. Now, um, in the film, um, I believe I mentioned Mr. Rogers is not the main character. This is not a Mr. Rogers biopic, so he's kind of in the background, per se, kind of helping the main character Lloyd uh, go through some issues. Now, um, the the beauty of this film is that it's, it's it's essentially presented as if it were an episode of Mister Rogers' Neighborhood for adults, kind of like if Mister Rogers were still around and was able to say, "Hey, there are a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of my neighbors out there have a lot going on in their lives, and what." I need to do is make one more episode to tell them it's okay to be upset at people sometimes, but it's the the best thing you need to do is to express your feelings. Because in the the movie, uh, the magazine writer, um, you know, is just angry at his father, um, you know, for for valid reasons. I mean, there are times to where, Uh, People are mad at their parents for whatever reason. I've been mad at my parents many, many times in the past. I know my kids have been mad at me many, many times uh, in the past and currently. Uh, But that's a different story there. But uh, what Mr. Rogers did for uh, this magazine writer in the movie and in real life was to ultimately show him that through the power of you know just being able to express himself, not through violence, because uh, the magazine writer at the beginning of the film ends up punching his dad at his at his sister's wedding. Um, in real life, uh, the magazine writer you know made it clear to say that the only thing that was not true about that was that it was at his sister's wedding because his sister did not have a wedding apparently. But um, he ended up uh, punching his father and whatnot, and but he through Mister Rogers' help was able to properly express his feelings, and at the end of the movie, gets some closure with his father, who, in the movie, ultimately passed away, I don't know, um, you know, the full story, the full real story with, uh, the real, uh, magazine writer from, uh, Esquire and whatnot, I believe his father may have passed away, but anyway, um, it's, it's, a, it's a great film. Um, it is a very feel-good film, but it is not Hallmark Channel uh, movie of the week type of schmaltzy, if that makes sense. Because um, growing up, I mean, anybody who watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood will appreciate the fact, you know, whether you were young or old, that, you know, he always told the truth. He was able to, on his on show, to tackle some really, really deep, dark topics. I mean, like, one of the first episodes that came out was shortly after... Um the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy, and what did he do? He had an, an episode about assassination. I mean, this is for preschoolers, for goodness sake, but he was able to talk about difficult topics like assassination, like divorce, like a lot of stuff. Like um the the young kid who, uh, I believe it was spina bifida or something like that, who, but who came in in the wheelchair and was able to, you know, take something that to a young kid may seem scary, a kid that, you know... If you're a kid and you see another kid in a wheelchair with um, like a neck brace or something like that and braces on his hands, that may seem scary at first. But the beauty of what Mr. Rogers did is that he was able to break it down in simple terms so that we understood. And he asked questions and he, you know, just encouraged, encouraged people to be the best they could be. Um, you know, I, I've been a huge fan of Mr. Rogers since I was a kid. I mean, when, you know, my mother not a perfect person. I'll be the first to admit that. I mean, I I was a mama's boy growing up. I'm a mama's boy right now, but I'm also not naive to, um, I'm I'm not, I don't look back on, you know, her time when she was alive with rose colored glasses. You know, she did a lot of stupid stuff. I mean, everybody does. I, I certainly have my fair share, but one thing she did really well was that when she realized that she had a deficiency in some way, in terms of helping my sister and I grow up to be the best uh, we could possibly be. What she would do is make sure that we would be connected with the right people to make sure that we were able to get what she couldn't give to us, you know, like, one thing that she did for us that she didn't have to do was make sure that we went to a private school growing up, um, you know, we, I I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, not exactly, um, the most horrible place in the world, but, you know, it's, you know, the school choices in public school that we had at that particular time in the neighborhood that we lived in were not the best. So um, (laughs) we ended up finding a private school uh, because my sister and I ended up, uh, it wasn't running away from home, but we kind of walked away uh, from the home we were living at to this playground. And there were and, I don't, and my sister won't remember this, but uh, th- th- there was a bunch of gr- a group of kids there, and it was a playground next to this school and this church, and we were playing and everything. And then my mother didn't know where the hell we were, so she was running around scared. But she ended up finding us, and you know was upset at the people for, um, you know she you know thought they encouraged us to be there and whatnot. But they were able to talk her down, and you know just say, hey, these kids just showed up, and we thought they were part of the group, blah blah blah. But um, you know she ended up asking some questions and found out that, you know, the school, uh, was actually a a local private school that had just started up a couple years beforehand. And, um, you know, she, you know, even though she worked as a bartender, uh, for most of our lives, she was able to scrounge up enough money to make sure that we went to that school and had a much, uh, a much more decent education than we probably would have, um, with, with the public school. And we ended up meeting some great people along the way, blah, blah, blah. But, um, when it comes to television, you know, sure, I grew up watching He-Man, and, you know, G.I. Joe, and all that stuff, and, of course, professional wrestling, Um, that's been a constant in my life for a long time, but one other constant has always been Mr. Rogers, and, you know, oh, I remember his last episode, too, Um, August 2001, I actually took the day off of work, Um, you know, it's, I, I, I had to I, I got teared up with the movie, I'm getting teared up now just thinking about it, but, you know, when the movie, um, when the TV show came out in August 2001, the last episode, I, like I said, took the day off of work and I just sat home and just watched it and cried happy tears. It was good happy tears because the beauty of Fred Rogers is kind of touched upon in the film, um... As, as some people know, he was an ordained minister uh, with the Presbyterian Church, um, not the most liberal of uh, churches uh, and whatnot. But, um, you know, and while he was always open in interviews and, and, and everything and, and with people about his religious beliefs... The beauty of his show is that he was able to teach the very good aspects of the Christian life. And this is coming from an atheist. There are some good points to Christianity. If you read this, the teachings of Jesus and just Jesus alone, not anything that came afterwards, but... Um, you know, there's a lot of good meat on the bones. And, you know, one thing that Jesus taught was love your neighbor like you would yourself. And if that's not the mission statement to Mr. Rogers neighborhood, I don't know what is. And there's Phil getting in my way. He, I don't know if he wants to talk or what, but <laughs> you know, he, he sees me doing something anyway. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I, I, and you know, I'm an atheist. So I'll be an atheist till I die. But if there is anybody that Lived the the positive life of what Christianity should be, in my opinion, it was Mister Rogers because he truly believed every. You know, he truly believed in the good in everybody. He tr- truly believed that it was important for people to. The, the, the thing about Mister Rogers' Neighborhood overall is that he, he his main focus was about emotional learning, growing up. And you know, I I know from my experience, my mother was not good at properly expressing her emotions. I'm not good at properly expressing my emotions, and it is something that unfortunately is is passed down and whatnot. But when you have a show like like that on the air, it does remind it, it does remind you to the importance of being able to discuss stuff stuff like this. And, you know, that's that's the beauty of what you're going to get with this movie right here. Um, an honest story. An honest portrayal of what happens when, you know, you stuff your emotions down and you just won't confront them. And how, you know, just letting anger build up and build up and stoking that fire of anger is not healthy overall. It's a lesson I know I need to continually learn. Because... Um, you know, again, just with how I grew up, with the figures I had, you know, teaching me growing up, you know, just expressing emotions is not always the is not easy for me, and you know, having someone, even if it's a television friend like Mister Rogers, you know, um, being able to just slow things down and kind of kind of teach. Uh, just some some basic stuff. Just it's it, it's a great reminder, and and the, again, the movie is great to watch. It will have some great moments in it, like Mr. McFeely. Mr. McFeely is in the movie, Uh, near the uh, beginning of it, and, you know, like, the doorbell rings, Mr. Rogers goes to the door, there's Mr. McFeely there, and um, Mr. McFeely brings a video uh, for him and Mr. Rogers to watch in picture-picture, and you get to see how a magazine is made. Um, You know, the magazine that they're putting together is the Esquire magazine with uh, the, can you say, hero cover of Mr. Rogers on it, but it was just great being able to see Mr. McFeely again. Um, the neighborhood of make believe is there. You see King Friday the Thirteenth. Um, you see Lady Elaine. Uh, the beauty. The beauty of uh, Lady Elaine is uh, that's the puppet. Um, I guess originally she was a witch or something like that. But she has the big rosy cheeks, the huge nose, and whatnot. Uh, just an ugly, ugly doll. Ugly doll. But the funny thing is, most people don't realize is that that puppet is named after his sister, so (laughs) it's nowhere in the line of, uh, you know, jokes at my sister's expense that I've done over the years, but it's great to know that Mr. Rogers was able to have a somewhat similar sense of humor, so, um, that was great, um, you know, and, oh, it brought back so many memories, um, August 2001, his last show was 11 days before September 11th, um, then September 11th hit, of course, and the world quickly went to hell and, you know, brought us to where we are today, but shortly after September 11th, um, Mr. Rogers went on the air again. Um, it wasn't a full episode or anything like that, but he did have, uh, some words of encouragement for his, uh, for his audience, and, Uh, it's powerful then it it was powerful then and it's powerful now so um, you know because this is a bonus episode I will include that little clip here it's not gonna be long
2: you know it happens so often I walk down the street and someone 20 or 30 or 40 years old will come up to me and say you are mr. Rogers aren't you and then they tell me about growing up with the neighborhood and how they're passing on to the children they know what they found to be important in our television work. Like expressing their feelings through music and art and dance and sports and drama and computers and writing and and invariably we end our little time together with a hug. I'm just so proud of all of you who have grown up with us and I know how tough it is some days to look with hope and confidence on the months and years ahead but I would like to tell you what I often told you when you were much younger I like you just the way you are and what's more I'm so grateful to you for helping the children in your life to know that you'll do everything you can to keep them safe and to help them express their feelings in ways that will bring healing in many different neighborhoods. It's such a good feeling to know that we're lifelong friends.
1: And again, it's, wow, the the, the beauty of that man. <laughs> the, this, the, he was always honest and genuine. Kids can easily kids can see a bullshit artist a mile away. You know, I you know, I think of uh <laughs> the the Simpsons a lot, you know, uh in in this regard as an example. Uh like when Lisa will say something profound and then Homer will pat her on the head and go, Yes, honey, that's a puppy. You know, kids can sense when, when adults do that to them, and when you have a figure like a Mr. Rogers, or, you know, and there are plenty of people like Mr. Rogers in real life that, that, you know, kids encounter, when you have someone that is genuine, that is able to respect a kid by talking to them, in their own terms, of course, so the kid will understand, but still give them that respect of talking, um, to them in a truthful way, kids will respond, and, um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is one hell of a film. Really, really encourage you all to uh, head to the theaters and and, uh, give this a shot. Um, There's also a great documentary uh, that was released last year um, (laughs) because I saw this movie and it made me tear up so much, I ended up uh, going to Amazon and buying it. Uh, It was on sale for $7.99. The documentary is called Won't You Be My Neighbor? and um, had some great anecdotes in it. Like, uh, you would never think Mr. Rogers would be okay with this, but uh, apparently there was a stagehand uh, that worked on the show. Um, and what he would love, love to do is, like, if somebody brought a camera to work, uh, he and somebody else, they would take that camera and then, you know, would take a picture of his ass. Well, Mr. Rogers, as established in the film, too, uh, was loved to take pictures of people. And, you know, one day he brought his camera to the set, and um, th- that stagehand was able to get a picture of his ass on Mr. Rogers' camera. But Mr. Rogers didn't sell it for many, many months. And the guy, you know, ended up uh, just forgetting about it. Because at first he thought, oh wait, am I going to be in trouble or something like that? Because he thought it was a goof, but then he didn't hear anything. and Blah, blah, blah. Um, many months pass. They get to the Christmas party um, that they traditionally had uh, in the studios. And wouldn't you know it, Mr. Rogers took that photo of that guy showing his ass and blew it up to poster size, <laughs> which uh, was funny as hell to me. I, I loved it. Um, go out of your way to watch A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and, and also, won't you be my neighbor? Just If there is a voice that this country needs today, that that needs to hear today. It is the voice of Mr. Rogers. And when you have people like the folks at Fox News and the Daily Caller ripping into Mr. Rogers for, you know, not being masculine enough or something like that, you know he must be doing, he must have done something right because, you know, he believed that through the power of television, you know, that's that's another thing, too, that the documentary was able to uh, expound upon. Um, He was not a fan of television at all. Um, When he first, uh, I guess the first time he turned on a television, he talked about watching a show where people were throwing pies in each other's faces, and, you know, he was aghast at that. Now, me with my humor, I would love that, but that's a different story. But he wanted to use television as a force for good. And again, as you know, too often you see folks like a Kirk Cameron or people pretending to be pious, pretending to be Christian, but what they do is try to get stuff canceled. Like, um... I'll bring up another wrestling example. In the 2000s, you had the Parents Television Council uh, that would, you know, routinely give scorecards for TV shows. And what they did in the late 90s, early 2000s, was actually try to get um, the advertisers to pull their advertising from WWE programming, um, which was absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I will not. I, I, it, makes me bristle to think that you would have people looking to use their energies to take something away instead of creating something. You know, I have more respect for somebody that says, I don't like that, so what I'm going to do is create something new that will be better better, that will be the opposite of that, that will be a positive force for change, you know, like the Kirk Cameron example, you know, his sister Candace Cameron, um, you know, from what I understand is just as religious as, as her brother, but you don't hear her speak out on that, you just see her on Fuller House, you see her, I guess she does Hallmark movies and whatnot, and it's great that she does that, and You know, the fact that Mr. Rogers was able to take a medium that he did not like upon first viewing and find a way to be able to speak to children throughout the years is, is an amazing thing and shows just what the power of television can do for good. Um, one other thing too uh, that I found interesting in the documentary uh, was, um, and they touched upon it in the movie, is that I, what I didn't realize is that in the mid seventies, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood stopped production. Um, he thought that he had enough uh, material in the can that it could just be on loop, and then he can go on to different projects. So for a while, he had a show for adults, um, but there was a, there was one one person that brought him back to the neighborhood, and that person was Superman. Now, why would I say that? Uh, It was 1978, and he came across an article talking about a young kid that hurt himself by strapping a towel around his neck and jumping out a window, thinking he could fly. And what he ended up doing was um, starting production on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood again and came back with a whole week of episodes talking about um, the importance of... For for young kids of realizing,, uh, you know, just characters like superheroes, that they are fictional characters, and you know, appreciating them for for the, you know, good feelings they can bring in you, um, because there's nothing like the power of a good story, I mean, you know, you're talking to a guy with a Superman tattoo on his arm, so um, I certainly love me some superheroes, but it was important for young kids to to hear this, because, you know, in the the 70s, that's, in the late 70s, of course, that's when the first Christopher Reeve movie hit, but that was not an isolated incident. I mean, if you look at the the Superman documentary that came out, um, look up in the sky that came out after, uh, the Brandon Routh Superman Returns movie, uh, you had people like Gene Simmons talk about, you know, doing the same thing when he was a kid, you know, when the Superman, uh, TV show in the fifties hit, uh, you had similar incidents of kids pretending, uh, thinking they could fly. Uh, the Superman radio show, the serials, the Max Fleischer cartoons. Um, so Superman brought, brought Mr. Rogers back to the neighborhood. And, you know, then he was able to keep the show uh, going all the way until August of 2001. But um, anyway, I think I've rambled enough here. Uh, like I said, this is just a special bonus episode. We did want to have uh, some content out today. Um, we will be back next week with our regularly scheduled programming uh, where we're... We'll, um, <laughs> excuse me, the album focus that we are going to do will be for the, uh, Tijuana Sweethearts album, Under the Gun, but, um, I just, again, wanted to spend a few minutes talking about, um, th- this wonderful, wonderful movie. Um, a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of the stuff I like, I mean, I, I like, you know, trashy action movies, trashy, uh, trashy music, just, just stuff that, you know, is not going to be considered high art or anything like that. But, you know, when you see something this beautiful, this simple, in, in a lot of ways, this movie did remind me of, uh, it, it brought me back to the feelings I felt when I watched the movie, the movie from 2011, the Jason Siegel movie, The Muppets. Um, w- the reason I say that is that both of these films were able to use nostalgia in a way that honored its subject. you know then 2011 nostalgia was used to essentially praise the, you know everything that the Muppet Show uh, did for kids of my generation and what this movie will do for you is give you essentially a celebration of everything that Mr. Rogers was able to accomplish. He was a good man. He was a man um, who made mistakes like anybody else, but uh, he was a good man and uh, you know, it wouldn't hurt anybody to try to emulate uh, a little bit of Mr. Rogers in their life on a daily basis. So, um, with that, uh, you know, we will be back next week, but there's one thing, um, one thing as well that I, I wanted to, uh, you know, talk about before we end here. And that's, uh, a question that Mr. Rogers would often ask. So, and, and you know, since we're, t- since we're talking about him today, I did want to kind of Bring it up in the form of a question to the audience here and you know obviously we don't have the biggest audience in the world I don't pretend, I never pretended we do or, or whatnot. but I value anybody that listens even my sister um, I joke of course but uh, I, what I want to do is ask this question and get some feedback from you guys so the question is who is someone that helped you become who you are those who cared about you and wanted what was best for you in your life he would commonly ask that. I know there was a famous time he said that there was a, an, an awards ceremony called the TV Hall of Fame uh, in the late 90s where he asked that. And he you know said, you know, take 10 seconds or 30 seconds or something like that and think about that. And he actually uh, timed it. But, you know, people in the audience started crying and whatnot. And when I thought about that question, you know, I thought of people like my friend Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie Hine, who um, earlier this year sadly passed away from uterine cancer. But she is someone that did help me get to this point in my life, you know, like a you know like a, for the longest time I, you know, I, I was not, I've never been, like I said, I've never been the best at expressing my emotions, but having such a positive force in my life and Stephanie for well over a decade, I mean, just someone who always had a positive outlook on life, no matter what life dealt with, dealt her, um, made it it's even, even to, to this day makes me take pause anytime I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed. It makes me take a deep breath and just makes me appreciate what I have. And I thank her for that, you know? um, It's sad that she's gone. You know, I wish she was here. I know her husband, Thomas, more than anybody in this world wishes she was here. But... I know she would also be happy that, you know, she had such a profound influence on my life, on his life, on her friends' and family's life, you know. Um, Like I, you know, said before, uh, you know, we had a a strong relationship. I consider her a sister from another mister, but thanks to technology, um, you know, we were able to have this relationship without ever meeting in person, but, you know, she was still that much of an influence on me. So that's who I thought of when, um, when I, th- I thought of that question. So again, the question is who was someone that helped you become who you are, those who cared about you and wanted what was best for you in your life. So think about that. Take some time to think about that. If you listen to the show and, uh, Send me a response. I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at ftnerdy. Uh, you can also uh, find uh, my co-host Kim uh, at Kim the Geek. And uh, send us your response. I want to hear um, what you have to say because I think Mr. Rogers would want us. I mean, he. I know with one thing the documentary does talk about is that, you know, he was appreciative of what Eddie Murphy did with Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood a sketch that he had when he was on Saturday Night Live, um, you know, and he would be the first to say that the humor didn't always strike a chord with him, but he knew that. Eddie Murphy's, uh, that sketch was Eddie Murphy's way of showing his love. He saw that it was a way for him to do something positive, but kind of flip it a little bit. Um, and, you know, if you've heard our show on any sort of a consistent basis, you know that, you know, we're not a show for kids <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. We'd never pretend to be, but, in the vein of Mr. Rogers, why not do something a little positive, even if it's just taking a moment to encourage, you know, the listeners that we do have to think. So think about that. And if you do have a response, get back to us. At FTnerdy is my uh, Twitter handle. At KimTheGeek is uh, Kim's Twitter handle. Um, And just let us know that response. And remember...
0: It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling you're growing inside. And when you wake up, ready to say, I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling, the feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new. And I'll have more ideas for you. And you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will, too. You always make each day such a special day. You know how, by just your being you. Only one person in the whole world like you. That's you yourself. I'll be back next time, bye-bye.